707 line with us a great guy. He's coaching Army. Names that down there in Philadelphia at the Drexel Dragons. Coach Zach Spiker here on the Boss Man Show. Coach Spiker, how are things going for you today, man? Doing great, Jr. Thanks for having us, and uh, just on our way to a little recruiting trip, as every coach is in the fall this time of year. But uh, things are going great. Yes, indeed. Now, coach, I want to ask you, man. You had a great run at Army, man. What was special about Drexel to make you make that move down to Philly to coach the Dragons going forward? Well, you know, I think anytime um, you make a move, it's got to be for a, a reason more than just one item, one thing over another. Uh, as my wife and I evaluated the situation uh, at Drexel and the opportunity and the chance for our children, uh, there were a lot of factors that played into it. But all in all, uh, when, you, when you spend time in Philadelphia, you spend time on Drexel's campus and around the people that work at Drexel, um, it's truly a family atmosphere. It was just something that at this point in time in our life and our career, uh, that we couldn't say no to, and we jumped all in with two feet, and we're just thrilled to have this opportunity. Now, coaches, you and your wife and kids become a big uh, cheesesteak fans now? Of course. <laughs> of course. Uh, probably me more than them has uh, been in Philadelphia a good bit longer than they've been. They're just getting to town a few weeks ago. But, uh, yeah, over the summer and the spring, uh, I had a chance to uh, taste the uh, the different locations and uh, certainly have uh, developed uh, our own personal favorites for sure. And uh, coach, how's c- the community of Philadelphia been treating you, you and your family? I know you more so because you've been there more than your family. How are they treating you guys so far since you've been the head coach of Drexel here? Well, you know what, Jr. I think in any situation, um, it's the willingness to engage with the community and, and the relationships that you can make and. Uh, I think we very much have made progress uh, in that area, uh, but at the same time, it, it's just it's relationships in a community also take time. They're not forged automatically, and um, you know we're working very hard to to have those relationships and everyone to be on the same page and understand what we're trying to accomplish, uh, what we want to continue from Coach Flint and what he did so well at Drexel over 15 years, and then also do a few other things, but uh, we, we love the community, excited about being in Philadelphia, uh, West Philadelphia in particular, where Drexel's located. Uh, you know, we had a camp this summer, uh, had some younger kids in there, and uh, I think as time goes along, we'll continue to uh, forge those relationships um, and make our, our ties with the community even stronger. Folks, we have Zach Spiker here on the Boss Man Show for the Drexel Dragons in Philadelphia, as we talked about. Now, Coach, you're on a head-on recruiting trip now, as we talked about in the beginning of the interview. So, Coach, tell me this. So, what kind of guys you want to bring to your roster, bring to Drexel? And do you feel like, since you're in the Northeast already with a West Point and Army, going to Philadelphia, you can still hit those same hotbeds you hit when you coach an Army? Right, you know, coaching an Army in Drexel uh, can be different in some ways. It also can be very similar. Um, you know, every school has its own niche. Uh, Army was strong in engineering, and from a leadership standpoint, with the connection to to our our nation's military, uh, Drexel does not have the military component, but it does have an extremely strong engineering and math uh, element, as well as um, you know, city living in the city and being a top 100 academic program overall. So um, we feel there's a great deal of positives 
that can attract the young man, obviously in the region, but also outside of the region. And I think our early recruiting has shown that we can grab guys uh, locally and uh, nationally and even internationally that are attracted to what Drexel has to offer. Yes, indeed. And, and Coach, I also want to ask you, who are some individuals and coaches who've had a big impact on your career so far? Well, in college, uh, the coach had impacted me and gave me the opportunity once my career was over. And it was over sooner than I had wished. But uh, when I was a senior in college, I worked as a student assistant with Jim Mullen at Ithaca College. And uh, from that, he really gave me the opportunity to, to really dive in and do as much as I was able to do. Uh, and from there, I had the chance to spend time with Greg Marshall, who's now the head coach at Wichita State. I was with him for two years. And also two years with John Beeline, who's the head coach at Michigan. We were at uh, West Virginia together. But I would say the coach that had the biggest impact uh, would be Steve Donahue, who's a fellow Philadelphia native and head coach at Penn right now, having worked for him for five years. Now, folks, we got Coach Spiker here on the Boss Man Show, heading on a recruiting trip, giving him some of his time today. We appreciate that from Coach Spiker. Now, Coach, uh, when we watch your team play this season, beyond a lot of people in Atlanta who are not familiar with you at Army, or we'll be looking at you now at Drexel. What do you want people to take away from watching your team play each night on the court? Well, hopefully you see a brand of basketball that, that, that people can connect with and how hard we play. And, you know, right, a lot of the things we're talking about right now are being process-based and just throwing yourself into the daily daily routine and grind of what you need to do to, to create winning habits. Um, I, we'd like to play faster um, if we can over time and uh, at Army we play with a tempo that was one of the tops in the nation and uh, we want to continue to uh, to trend in that direction uh, I think the game is uh, one can be more enjoyable to be played that way but also be more enjoyable to watch and that's what recruits want recruits want to get up and down and play fast and I think you know we we created a brand uh, with a great coaching staff and Jimmy Allen and Justin Jennings and Brandon Linton and Drew Adams at Army uh, that led to success, and uh, I think Army will have success playing that way, and we're going to do everything we can to to work in that direction uh, as, as quickly as possible with our personnel at Drexel. And, Coach, look at the non-conference schedule going forward. I know that this schedule is probably done for you already when you got to Drexel, but going forward, do you see kind of getting some guys to come play you at Drexel rather than to be on the road all the time? Because you're playing Philadelphia. It's not like you're playing in the, in the middle of nowhere. Like some of these schools in the middle of nowhere. It's hard to get a home game that way. But you feel like you can get guys to come play you in Philadelphia and knowing that Drexel's a, a story school, think that people will be willing to play you guys at home now because of the town you're in. And, and, and do you want to test your guys early or do you want to kind of give them confidence to, they, so they can get wins under their belt so they can play good in conference play? Yeah, I think there's a lot of different ways to, to create a schedule to put you guys in a position to be successful in league play. And uh, I would say the answer to your question would be a combination of all of that depending on what our personnel um, plays out to be and uh, from year to year. But you're right, Philadelphia one of the largest cities in the country, uh, home to five other basketball institutions as well, uh, can put us in position to attract schools that are coming in to play St. Joe's and just come down from City Line Ave to, to West Philadelphia to get another game. Or if you're playing Villanova, uh, we may have the opportunity to, uh, to host some teams that are already coming to the area, as well as 
get teams that want to play at Drexel. Uh, we also have the luxury played Penn State last year in the Palestra in one of the, uh, you know, the most historic, uh, facilities in college basketball in the history of college basketball in the Palestra right down the street. So, um, I think there's plenty of reasons for teams to want to come to Philadelphia and specifically play Drexel. And we're going to do everything we can to, to do that. And I think it increases, uh, our fan base and attendance and certainly helps in recruiting when you're willing to play. Uh, top-tier teams, and they're willing to come play you at your place. Yes, it is. Now, Coach, uh, were you playing any games towards the Georgia area or to where I have, a, have regional affiliates at in Kentucky, Arkansas, Tennessee? Are you playing any games down this way? You know, last year when I was on, we played uh, – our, our team played at Tennessee, and it was a great experience. Uh, and currently, right now, on our schedule for this upcoming year, we do not. But uh, we think Atlanta – uh, terrific basketball and have recruited that area very uh, aggressively in, in recent years and will continue to do so. So, um, I, I could see it in our future that Drexel will be, uh, in your, um, in the area of your listeners for sure. And coach, I'll tell you what real quick before I get to this next thing I want to ask you before you get out of here. I see a lot of coaches at, at, at the airport or out in Buckhead. I see like, oh, you're in town. I know, I know what you're here for. Here for. Hey, JR, how you doing? I'm like, yeah, I know why you're here. I saw your counterpart the other day. So, you know, I got a lot of coaches come through all the time, man, to, to trying to find fine guys in these hot beds around here, man. Yeah. You know what? At this point in time in this era with uh, social media and the Internet, there are no secrets. And uh, it, it's all about relationships and hard work and getting out there and down the pavement, and uh, we certainly have been in and through Atlanta and will continue to recruit that area uh, as aggressively as possible. And final one for you, Coach, you can show the listeners here, what has it been like a typical day for you being a new head coach at a new university like Drexel? How has it been for you? I know it's been probably a lot of meetings, a lot of events, a lot of this and that, so how's it been for you, man? I love it. It's fast-paced, um, and it's just like how we want to play. It's a tempo that is that is that is not stopping, <laughs> um, and uh, you, you can't let it overwhelm me. It's just to me and to us and our program. It's exciting that there's a, a level of excitement and people want to know what's going on and how we're trying to do things. And you know, if we're not doing something with our coaching staff, um, we're doing something with our players. But everything we do, uh, we're trying to drive home what our culture is going to be, what our brand is basketball is going to be about, and. and Everything is investing in our players. This is a program that's going to be about our players and about their development and putting them in positions to develop, um, to play at the next level, whether that be uh, in the NBA or uh, overseas professionally. But we've got a number of players, and Drexel has a rich tradition of players uh, playing beyond college, and we certainly want to continue to recruit and build to that uh, for success. Well, Coach Spike, it's been great to have you on with me today. Hope you have a safe trip on a recruiting trip and you get the recruits you want to get, man. I look forward to talking to you again down the road, Coach. Thanks for having me, Jay. I appreciate your time. Go Dragons. Yes, indeed, folks. That was our guy, Coach Spike, on the Boss Man Show. Coming up next, Deal on the Lead Better of the AJC talking about the Falcons lost yesterday. The Falcons are struggling, people. We're talking about it with D Lead after the break.
Hello, my name is Travis Williams, President and CEO of Academics and Athletic Consultant, focused on educating and empowering tomorrow's collegiate athletic leaders. My passion is for the education and genuine concern and care for today's student athlete. It's the centerpiece of my life's work. A college education, both in and out of the classroom, is a truly rewarding benefit. For more information on AAC, you can go to www.academicsandathleticsconsulting.com. Once again, www.academicsandathleticsconsulting.com. Or you can follow me on Facebook at Academics and Athletic Consulting or Twitter at Coach TWheel24 or Instagram Travis L. Williams24. Or you can call me at 404-542-607. Once again, AAC is very proud to partner with J.R. McHenry of the Bossman Radio Show covering sports and entertainment across the country. Please tune in weekly for informative, entertaining, and expert analysis on today's sports and entertainment topics. Thank you. Hip-hop fans, I got a great album for you. The debut album from Family Grind ENT, True Speech, and 313 Fresh. We're going to give you two discs, 33 songs of pure, genuine hip-hop. Albums available on iTunes, Amazon, Google Play, IllStreetRex.com, and streaming live right now on Rhapsody, Beats Music, Spotify, Xbox Music, Slacker Radio, and SoundCloud. Check them out today. True Speech and 313 Fresh, Family Grind ENT. Believe in it. Get it. Man, show we have a great guest for you. I talked to my man from the AJC, the one and only. You know the lead better here on the Boss Man Show. D Led Man, how you doing, man? I'm doing pretty good, Boss Man. Thanks for having me on the show. Uh, glad to have you back, man. I want to talk to you about these Falcons, man. We had a pretty good game on Sunday, score wise, but the Falcons to me seem to be lacking in the running game and the pass rush. And the running game I thought would be okay, but the pass rush was, of course, non-existent as it's been the last year or so. Yeah, no question. The uh, pass rush is a problem, uh, boss man. I think they're going. They know that. They they watch the tape. They, some coaches are in there, uh, you know, sixty, seventy hours a week. Uh, they see exactly what we see, and they see it with greater detail. So. Uh, I think we're going to see them try to uh, spice up that pass rush by maybe, you know, blitzing a little bit more. That's the next alternative. They got to get some guys to play man coverage. They got to get some guys to get to the quarterback uh, and get there with a mean attitude about it. So uh, I think we're going to see that. Uh, that's got a chance of getting fixed. So we'll see that. The running game, though, I, I started doing a little study in the day on that. And, uh, they haven't rushed for 100 yards in the last six games. Wow. 
They 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 have it. I mean, Devontae Freeman had a good little breakout season. Uh, once rushed for a thousand yards, but he he petered out down the stretch last year. So uh, it looks like he's dancing in the hole a little bit too. So Coleman, we might see a little bit more Coleman, but they need to definitely uh, run the ball better in order to you know make the offense more effective. Ryan threw for three hundred yards. If you get 100 yards rushing with that, you know, you're going to probably win the game, even though you gave up 17 points, uh, you know, by letting drive uh, uh, keep going and so forth. Now, on the defensive side of the ball, D-Led, I, I feel like they played Dwight Freeney a little bit too much. I thought he'd be almost over a pitch count. It seemed like he was actually in the rotation, playing on first and second downs, too. So, if you got to put on Dwight Freeney, who's a great player, still got a lot of gas to take out things, but you don't want to use that guy on those early downs. And Vic Beasley, I didn't see much from him at all. I know he moved his position, but what? Is Dan Quinn going to blitz more? I know that he come from Seattle. They really don't like to blitz one play cover three and don't blitz with his rush four. So what are they going to do? Are they actually going to start actually blitz now or, or hope the rush gets there? Yeah, they're going to uh, blitz more. I, I didn't look at Freeman snaps. I got to go back and look at those. Uh, I do know uh, Beasley played 39 snaps with zero tackles, uh, no hits, no sacks. Uh, I don't know if they're crediting him with a, with a uh, hurry or anything, but uh, he was uh, – he didn't affect the game, and that's what Coach Quinn said. That's not me. That's what the coach said. And uh, Freeney, uh, you know, you probably just in the ideal circumstances, you want somebody that uh, can play 15 snaps a game and give you all. You know, if they got to rely on him more than that, they're in probably uh, a bad situation. Yes, yes, indeed. Folks, we got D-Land here on the Boss Man Show from the AJC. Check out his work on Twitter, D-Orlando AJC on Twitter. Now, go back to the offense. I feel like Sunday showed me where the Falcons miss Ryan Roddy White because they stacked the box a little bit on Devontae Freeman and Coleman to a degree. I don't trust Justin Hardy, the second receiver. I feel like if it's Julio, Tammy, or a dump down to Coleman, there's no number two out there to actually take to make the defense respect the outside the field so they can stack the box on the running game. So you feel like the, the Falcons really miss Roddy White. They might not want to admit it, but they, they missed him Sunday. Well, yeah, no doubt. Roddy White was an elite-level receiver, and they tried to replace him with a mid-level uh, you know, receiver in Muhammad Sanu, who did catch uh, you know, five or four balls for 66 yards. But uh, he's never been an elite receiver. Roddy was an elite receiver. And, uh, you know, Muhammad had two drops. You know, last year he didn't have a drop, which, you know, is understandable. He was in a contract year. The year before that, boss man, he had 14 drops and led the league in drops. So, I mean, which guy are we getting? We getting the guy in the contract year or the guy who's got his money and he's uh, reverting to his drop uh, passes and so forth. So, I mean, he wasn't never a pro bowler or elite guy. Roddy led the league, um, you know, that stretch of five years for Roddy where he averaged 86 catches, uh, 100 catches two, three times. Uh, you know, he's, he, he was able to do that kind of work. Uh, Muhammad Sanu is a guy who uh, caught 56 passes one year. So, you know, whether that was him or Andy Dalton or whoever, he should have been open. A.J. Green was on the other side. 
So, uh, you know, he, he, I thought, I mean, that's what you got. So don't play like you signed Jerry Rice. You signed uh, a pretty, you know, mid-level guy, and he's doing mid-level things, or he did mid-level things in the first uh, game here on Sunday. Now, it seems like to me also Matt Ryan was making more conscious decisions not to throw the ball into double coverage. Now, there were some guys covered when he threw the ball to him, but he wasn't forcing things to double coverage. So, has Kyle Shanahan and Dan Quinn trying to tell Matt to maybe take what's there and not try to fit things in where I can use it, trying to make, make, make a big play for, for the team? Or is he trying to be, be more a little consistent this year, not do what he usually does, which is force balls into coverage? Yeah, Ryan, that, that's been his MO since uh, coming into the league. He's going to take exactly what you give him. Uh, and last year, he didn't know where all of his outlets were uh, running in the new offense. He just didn't know that offense as well as the one he had been in seven years before. So, uh, you know, that's Ryan's MO. Uh, you know, he was working underneath. He didn't throw the ball deep at all. He had the shortest. Uh, ball in the air route uh, stat for the whole week. Uh, they didn't throw it deep past 20 yards, but three times. Uh, one was on the busted covers play to Muhammad Sanu. Uh, and he saw that and got to it and recognized it. So, you know, Matt Ryan's a pro in that way. I mean, he's not going to try to do more than uh, he's capable of. So, uh, you know, that's, that's his MO, and that's what uh, the Falcons are going to ask him to do. They're going to ask him to perform if the deep ball's not there, he's going to check it down. Now, I thought a lot of his passes were uh, off target and behind a little bit. Not a lot because he was 27 to 33, but a couple of his misses were uh, because he was behind a little bit on his throws. Now, did we ever figure out who was that penalty on that kept the Tampa Bay drive going, that got that big touchdown to Safarian Jenkins? Who, who was the committee that penalty that kept that, kept that drive going? Um, well, it was two penalties on the play, boss man. Uh, uh, Kamal Ishmael tried to grab Bill's Martin when he was running out of the backfield. And, uh, you know, if he just hits him, it's okay, but you can't grab it. Yeah, that was a defensive holding play. And then on the uh, same play, Robert Alford and Mike Evans got into it, and Robert Alford put his finger in his face. And, uh, and, uh, you know, the ref threw the flag, ref 109, Daryl Prelu, uh, cause, you know, I went back and looked at that today on the NFL game pass and, uh, we have a blog up on that on, uh, AJC.com. So, um, so, you know, Robert lost his cool, uh, but it was going to be a penalty on Ishmael anyway. Uh, and then, uh, you know, you can't really be losing your cool like that when it's a third down and eight and Tyson Jackson had blocked the ball. He had blocked Jameis Winston's pass, and they would have been off the field. But they, they wouldn't have been off the field because, you know, of the Ishmael play. Now, I saw a story about Rasheed Hegman. Is he going to still be allowed to play? Are they going to put him on the commissioner's exempt list? Or how the Falcons going to handle that, handle that going forward? I think the – well, I talked to the league office. The Falcons want to keep playing. And, but uh, – uh, you know, they, they, they kind of got to play that by ear. But the legal office is waiting for DeKalb County to charge and prosecute him. Okay, now uh, he's been arrested. He's out on bond. Uh, he's been charged. Uh, now we're waiting for the league to uh, 
to, to make the next move. But if nothing happens here, I fully expect him to be active this week against the Raiders. The Raiders ran for 167 yards last week uh, against the Saints, and Rasheed is going to be a he's a run defensive end, and uh, the Falcons will need him against the Raiders. They did need him this week because uh, they throw a lot of uh, they run a lot of uh, you know uh, nickel package at the Tampa Bay, and they uh, they were able to put Courtney Upshaw on the, on the uh, roster. So they played Courtney instead of Rashid, but they're going to need Rashid this week against Oakland in the run game. If nothing happens uh, out of DeKalb County and the league decides not to act on the situation. Now, d look at this schedule that we got for the Falcons. We got at Oakland, at the Saints, home to Carolina, at Denver, at Seattle. I mean, <laughs> That could be 0-6 before they play San Diego on the 23rd back at the Dome. So I feel like this game was very important for them to win to get some confidence. But going out west, with the Saints coming, going to New Orleans, that's all a tough game. So if the Falcons start 0-6 per se, does that put Pioli, Dimitrov, and Dan Quinn in trouble? Or is Arthur Blank pretty sold on all three and they'll be back no matter what? Well, I, um, I talked to Arthur Blank down at the stadium, the uh, – a uh, week before the first game, they were doing a little tour for the media. Uh, he seems to understand where they are. Uh, they don't want to say they're rebuilding, but they are. Uh, you know, you got so many first and second year players on defense, but he would like to see them compete during this tough stretch. Uh, he has visions of them going back to the playoffs, you know, which may be realistic or may be unrealistic, but, you know, they, um, uh, I don't think the coach is in any kind of, uh, uh, you know, situation where he might be terminated. I think it's a little too early to be worrying about the personnel department. But uh, they do have some issues. And they do have a tough schedule. This could be a better team, uh, boss man, but not have a good wreck. And, uh, you know, they just kind of proceed like that. Uh, but, but the things that were disconcerting, uh, disconcerting Sunday – with all the penalties and uh, uh, the pre-snap things, those are coaching things. So uh, if they start looking like a rag, a ragtag crew out there, and or uh, you know jumping off sides and getting stupid penalties, you know that's going not that's not going to shine well on the coaching staff either. Not at all. Well, D-Live, man, as always, giving the knowledge to us on the Boss Man Show, man. Thank you for your time today, man. We got to do it again with you real soon. I'll see you at the Panthers game, man. All right. Take care, JR, Boss Man, and uh, we'll see you down there at the Georgia Dome. No doubt. Folks, D-Live here on the Boss Man Show. Come well next. Chris Lee, VandySports.com. Travis Williams, President and CEO of Academics and Athletic Consultant, focused on educating and empowering tomorrow's collegiate athletic leaders. My passion is for the education and genuine concern and care for today's student athlete. 
It's the centerpiece of my life's work. A college education, both in and out of the classroom, is a truly rewarding benefit. For more information on AAC, you can go to www.academicsandathleticsconsulting.com. Once again, www.academicsandathleticsconsulting.com. Or you can follow me on Facebook at Academics and Athletic Consulting or Twitter at Coach TWheel24 or Instagram Travis L. Williams24. Or you can call me at 404-542-607. Once again, AAC is very proud to partner with J.R. McHenry of the Bossman Radio Show covering sports and entertainment across the country. Please tune in weekly for informative, entertaining, and expert analysis on today's sports and entertainment topics. Thank you. Hip-hop fans, I got a great album for you. The baby album from Family Grinding NC, True Speech, and 313 Fresh. We're going to do two discs, 33 songs of pure, genuine hip-hop. Albums available on iTunes, Amazon, Google Play, IllStreetRex.com, and streaming live right now on Rhapsody. Beats Music, Spotify, Xbox Music, Slacker Radio, and SoundCloud. Check them out today. True Speech and 313 Fresh. Family Grind ENT. Believe in it. Get it. We're back here on the JR the Boss Man show. I was just drawn by our guy, the Orlando Labor of the AJC and Zach Spiker of Drex. We're never drawn by a great friend of mine, a, one of the nicest guys in the radio business I know, Chris Lee on the Boss Man show. Chris Lee, how you doing, man? Good to talk to you. Finally on this show, man. I'm excellent. Thank you for having me, my man. You, you're good, man. You're good, man. I want to have you on, Chris, because as you know, Vandy comes down here to the week to Atlanta and play Georgia Tech. And so I want to get you on, kind of get the pulse of Vandy for the fans of we going to the game on Saturday to see Vanderbilt play the, the Yellow Jackets here at Bobby Dodd Stadium. So, Chris, the Vanderbilt lost to, you know, South Carolina in a rough way. But Middle Tennessee was a good game for me to kind of get healthy with. Where's your outlook for the team now after the first two games of the season that go on the road for the first time this year, Chris? You know, I thought that this was a bowl team before the season started. I thought that was probably a six to seven win team, somewhere right in that range. Would have been tough to, to win more than that, but I thought that, you know, four was at least maybe a floor for them. But one of those that certainly counted on was South Carolina. And I said, if they don't win that game, then I think that changes the complexion of the season. And I will still stick by that. I think that this is a team that probably still has enough talent to get to a bowl game. But you still have a lot of questions on that offense from week one. I know that they put 47 on the MTSU, but a lot of that was with help from turnovers and some things like that. And you don't always get to count on those. I still want to see them move the ball more consistently. Middle defense, honestly, is not that good. I think I'm going to revise down on them. I think it's going to be tough for them to get to a bowl game now. 
But I will say that if they beat Georgia Tech, that's not a game that I had them winning in preseason. So if they can pick one up Saturday, uh, their their chances, I think, to get to a bowl increase a little bit at least. And Georgia Tech plays a pretty good defense. They always have a good defense at Georgia Tech for the most part. And is Derek Mason still going to shovel in way free back with Kyle Schirmer? Is that over now? Or how did they go to the MTSU game? I was covering the, the Tech game on Saturday. I didn't see the, the Bandy game at all. Did he leave free back out, out of the game, Chris, or did he let Schirmer play, play the whole way? He did play Schirmer the whole way. And if folks aren't familiar what you and I are talking about, what happened in week one, or really, if you want to go back a couple of years, Derek Mason, in his first year as Vanderbilt's coach, had basically run a quarterback carousel with three or four guys, and you never knew from one series to the next who was coming in. And, look, they were going to be bad anyway, but it kind of made him the butt of a lot of jokes. And, really, a lot of people questioned whether he had the aptitude to run a college football program after that. And I think those were all valid concerns. Well, Derek, after the season, says, well, I've kind of learned my lesson. I'm not going to do it again. Well, they are up 10 nothing on South Carolina, basically one or two minutes into the second quarter, and Mason pulls Kyle Shermer, who played well for Wade Freeback. And all of us were just befuddled by that. And Shermer, when he came back in two series later, completely lost his rhythm, was just awful, and they ended up losing the game. They didn't score another point the whole time. So Mason comes out before week two, and says that we've gonna have we're gonna have some special packages for Wade Freeback. He's kind of our runner, which was news to all of us because Wade is when you think of him, he's not slow, but you don't think of runner either. But we all had questions on how they would handle the quarterback situation going to that game. But Mason stuck with Kyle Shermer even though he started 0 for seven. That turned out to be a pretty good decision because once he got in rhythm and they started getting him outside the pocket, he started completing the passes, they started moving the chains and they win that game pretty easily. But I would think at this point he's going to go with Shermer, especially since he named him the starter before camp, but as week one showed us, I don't know that you can ever count on it for sure, JR. Exactly. We're joined by Chris Lee of AndySports.com and the Ultimate SEC Show Podcast, the Andy Sports Podcast. Chris, a lot of things going on. Follow him at ChrisLee70 on Twitter. Now, Chris, now, like you said, I'm concerned about Derek. Derek's a friend of mine, but I feel like he's kind of selling his own fate at Vanderbilt by not be, not keeping his word on, on the quarterback position, Chris. And I feel like he needs to stick with whoever he wants to go with Shermer. But it feels like, is it, is it Ludwig making these calls with Derek? Which one is saying, let's get packages for Shermer or free back or let's switch them out? Who is the, making the call behind this? That's a good question. Derek said that he's got veto power on everything, but he also has basically said he's left the offense to Andy Ludwig to run. Now, actually, to correct myself, he didn't say he gave him veto power on everything, but he did give him veto power on some things. But still, I think as a head coach, you've got to make your coordinator aware that, hey, we went through the situation a couple years ago. I'm sure he knew it was going to happen. I think Derek at that point should have just said, look, there may come a time that we need to play Wade, but we don't need to just put him in randomly at some point in the game or else you're going to open a Pandora's box of criticism for me. I think Derek is the CEO of the program, whether it was Andy's decision or not. Ultimately, that rests on Derek. And I, I do think that that probably caused him to lose a lot of goodwill, Jr. I think that he's a guy that now I think all of his decisions are going to come under more scrutiny. And I think if they don't probably win at least five games, 
I don't know that he's going to be back next year for certain. I hear that, and I'll be saying he's a great guy, but this, his decision-making on the field is kind of questionable. And talking about yeah. the defense, his defense against Georgia Tech's triple option, triple option offense, do you feel like Vanderbilt's defense matches up well with this offense that Paul Johnson runs, the triple option? You know, that's a good question. I don't think we really know till we see it. Derek is only faced as a coordinator, and by the way, he is Vandy's defensive coordinator as well. I think his only shot of going up the triple option was Army. And this was when he was at Stanford, but he also said today in his press conference, he said, look, when we went against Army, that was a completely different type of team. He said their linemen were often the size of linebackers. They were, they were quick. He said Georgia Tech's a lot bigger. So basically the way I interpret it is it, it's sort of – I don't know if it's apples and oranges, but maybe it's apples to tangerines at least. Um, and I think that really, you know, stopping the running game, you know, you've got the run, you've got the pass, but you've almost got the option as almost a form of offense into its own. I really don't know how you go about predicting, but I do think that it seems to me that a 3-4 defense might be a little better suited to stop it because the linebackers have more time to maybe read and react than the guys do up front, and they're not with linemen on top of them immediately. I do think that their linebackers are very, very good. I mean, that, that is an elite unit, and I'm not exaggerating. They've got a kid in the middle named Zach Cunningham who's a legitimate first-team All-American type of player. He'll be a first-rounder next year when he comes out after his junior year, I think. They've got Orrin Burks on the outside who's a converted safety who I think is going to put himself in NFL consideration with a few games like he's just had. They've got Nigel Bowden in the middle. He's a terrific player, too. I think that's going to be very interesting to watch. We haven't seen Derek Mason go up against a team like this, but I think if you're looking for a coach who coaches his team well on that side of the ball, and they do have some players, I think, that are pretty athletic and rangy and can get out and go with those guys, I'm anxious to see those guys match wits because Paul Johnson is is great at offense. Derek Derek Mason is great at defense, and I think if you like to see – Best against best. That's a fun matchup. Now, Chris, what I like about Paul Johnson is he does not have a play sheet or nothing. He has calls the guy over to him, tells him to play, runs to the huddle, and come like, like the guy has no play sheet at all. Chris, it's just he has calls it off the top of his head, no nothing at all. <laughs> like wow, you know. So whatever works for you, man. Right? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I want to turn to basketball. Uh, we have Bryce Drew, his new coach at Vanderbilt. Uh, doing big things for the Commodores. They're replacing Kevin Stallings up 17 years, Chris, like a long time with Kevin there. How has Bryce Drew been with the media, you and you guys? What has he been telling you guys about what, what to expect come October when practice kicks off? Well, the, the thing I have when I, when I compare Kevin and Bryce is that they're a lot alike. Um, they both got a heartbeat. They both got two arms. They both got two legs. And, uh, and the joke kind of stops there, uh, meaning that Bryce is a very personable guy. I think he's a great hire for Vanderbilt. I know that, that Georgia Tech wanted him battling for good reason. You look at his conference record, and what's a pretty good mid-major league, and he was as, as good as it got within that league. Now, they didn't always win the tournament, which can be a crapshoot and make the postseason, but I think Bryce is an excellent hire. I think that they're going to really change their style of ball. I think this first year is going to be interesting because they've got a personnel grouping where – They've got some pretty good shooters, but I don't know that they know who their point guard's going to be. I think it'll be Peyton Willis, but he's going to be a true freshman. He's talented, but as freshmen go, you just don't ever know what you're going to get. I think that if they'd had another post guy, if, if say, Damian Jones had come back rather than get drafted in the first round, I think they'd be a, an NCAA tournament cinch. But they don't. That leaves them Luke Cornett in the post, and he's really more of a stretch four. 
I think they've got a lot of parts to that team, JR, but they're a little bit mismatched, and the system's going to be different where they really emphasize smothering you on defense. I don't know. I think they can be good. I think that's at least an NIT team. But the marriage of the personnel and the marriage of the system could be a little bit of a challenge, and it might keep them from going to the NCAAs in their first year. But I think Bryce Drew long-term was was certainly – I would grade that as an A of a higher for them because I think he will – he's already appealed to the fan base, something that Kevin never really did. I think he's got a chance to do some pretty significant things at Vanderbilt. I must say, Chris, we had him on the show a couple of weeks ago, and he was a very nice interview to talk to. He was very engaging, threw some jokes my way. I was shocked because I was like, I was, I was talking to this guy for the first time ever. He's joking with me. You know, I'm like, I'm like, wow. You know, like, I'm like, okay. Yeah. He's a great guy. Now, Chris, for the last one, four years, on the Vanderbilt non-conference schedule, who are some teams we should look for on the non-conference schedule for Vanderbilt this year? And will they be playing in Georgia in any of these shows than playing at Athens? I'm presuming you mean basketball, Yes, correct? basketball, yes. Basketball, yes. Yeah, well, I'm looking at the schedule. they got Marquette to open. That is in Annapolis, Maryland. That's one of those, I think, Navy classic things that, that they open the season with. they got Belmont coming up in Nashville right after that. Everybody knows Belmont is that 13, 14, 15 seed every year that scares someone. They go to Las Vegas in the Las Vegas Invitational. They could, They will see Butler, and they could see Arizona there. Uh, they've got Tennessee State, your alma mater, Memorial Gym. They can be tricky some years. They've got Minnesota and Sioux Falls, South Dakota, which would be interesting. Middle Tennessee State, they travel down the road for that one. The Blue Raiders, of course, shocked Michigan State last year. Chattanooga comes to Memorial Gym. That is a really, really good mid-major team and one that, that could even crack the top 25. Dayton on the road. I mean, I'm just reading down the schedule. It is a pretty tough slate of games. Yes. And Georgia will host Vanderbilt on January the 17th in Athens. That's always an interesting game. And so that's that's the closest they will get to your listening audience. And, Chris, before you go, can you tell listeners about your podcast, Vanderbilt Sports Podcast, what you do with Trey, and ultimately it's a CC show you do with Trey. I want people up here in Atlanta to follow you and get to know you more. So tell them a little bit about what you got going on, Chris, before you go. Yeah, I, well, I do a bunch of stuff. I run Vanderbilt's rival site at VandySports.com. We do a podcast about four times a week. So if you want to know a little bit more about Vanderbilt and the current picture for them, we do those four times during the weekdays on different days. That's at VandySports.com. You can catch those for free there. I do a podcast with a buddy of mine called Trey Wallace. We used to do radio together in Nashville. You can search that on iTunes or some other podcast apps, or you can just search it online. It's called The Ultimate SEC Show. It is part of the Read Optional Network, and our editor is a guy named Ollie Connolly who's gone to work for the Atlanta Journal-Constitution and some of its properties. So folks in your audience may know that name. Uh, Ollie hired us to do that show, and it's gotten really good ratings soon. We do those about three times a week during football season. We're also going to do those during basketball and baseball season. It is going to be a year-round podcast. It is going to be very heavy football right now, but it's also going to be seasonal to those other sports. And if you want just a good way to keep track of the SEC, we, we try to keep it to the point and meaningful. And it's not a marriage of pop culture and sports. It is it is about football, baseball, and basketball with some humor thrown in. And if you're an SEC fan, it is a wonderful way to keep tabs on what goes on within the league. And I hope people will listen to that. And, again, you can find it on iTunes and other places. It's called The Ultimate SEC Show. Or you can also search the Read Optional Network and find it that way. Chris, thank you for your time today. I look forward to seeing you in a couple of weeks, man, when I'm, when I'm in town, man. 
Hey, it is always fun, and, and thank you for having me. Thank you, Chris. Folks, that's Chris Lee on the Boss Man Show. Come on, this is the Boss Report after the break. Travis Williams, President and CEO of Academics and Athletic Consultant, focused on educating and empowering tomorrow's collegiate athletic leaders. My passion is for the education and genuine concern and care for today's student athlete. It's the centerpiece of my life's work. A college education, both in and out of the classroom, is a truly rewarding benefit. For more information on AAC, you can go to www.academicsandathletics.com consulting.com once again www.academicsandathleticsconsulting.com or you can follow me on Facebook at Academics and Athletic Consulting or Twitter at Coach TWheel24 or Instagram Travis L. Williams24 or you can call me at 404-542-607 once again, AAC is very proud to partner with J.R. McHenry of the Bossman Radio Show, covering sports and entertainment across the country. Please tune in weekly for informative, entertaining, and expert analysis on today's sports and entertainment topics. Thank you. Hip-hop fans, I got a great album for you. The debut album from Family Grinding NC, True Speech, and 313 Fresh. We're going to give you two discs, 33 songs of pure, genuine hip-hop Albums available on iTunes, Amazon, Google Play, illstreetrex.com, and streaming live right now on Rhapsody, Beats Music, Spotify, Xbox Music, Slacker Radio, and SoundCloud. Check them out today. True Speech and 313 Fresh Family Grind ENT. Believe in it, get it. Pennsylvania cheer mom arrested after being caught 
chopping down her daughter's classmates in her car and in a and in, in, in their garage, bruh. In the car, in the garage. Like, really? Dog. That girl is never, ever in the history of her life going to live that down. That is horrible. <laughs> like, I feel so bad for that kid right now, dog. That is so bold. Like, as a parent, how can you do that to your daughter, dog? Bro, can you imagine what they're going to say to her in high school? I feel bad for that girl. I really, truly do. I really, truly do. But as a parent, you got to have better decision-making. I mean, come on. You're messing with children. Like, really, children? You know, oh, my God. Her high school career and her college career is all over. She's going to have to move out of the country, bro. Otherwise, she'll never, she'll never leave that down. She'll never leave that down. Stop the domestic violence, bro. Florida teen arrested after a bruising boyfriend's eye with a box of Atlas condoms from Dollar Tree. Get the hell out of here. <laughs> 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 oh, that story is dumb. What the hell, bro? There's no way that's real. There's, oh my God. Okay, so first of all, I don't agree with men or women putting their hands on each other. You're in a relationship. If you can't solve your problems, your issues better than physical violence, then you don't need to be together. Second of all, how do you get your ass whipped with a box of condoms, man? That's From the Dollar Tree, that. Dollar Tree. You ain't even get hit with the Trojans, dog. You got hit with the after, like the, the afterthought condoms. Like, oh my God. Bro, that's so horrible. Like, this one thing is just your account. If you say everything about something that ain't even a Trojan, that is embarrassing. You know what I mean? It's like, who? Like, the hell, bro? Exactly. Seattle burglars are on the loose, bro. I still get this. About $40,000 in marijuana from local medical marijuana shops. Damn, that's a lot of weed. So, first of all, Every time a big cable like this happens, I always got to ask the question, how? How did you manage to steal 40? Let's break it down, right? So, how you don't hypothetical here in case anybody from the Federal Bureau of Investigation or anything like that is listening? Hypothetically, uh, 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 a, what do they call it? A brick? Is the street name for it? A brick of marijuana? Uh, sells roughly value depending upon the quality of the plant, 800,000, 1,200, depending, right? So that's 40 bricks, 40 to 45 bricks. How do you steal that and get away with it, dog? I want to know the logistics behind it. How do you pull that paper off? Exactly. Exactly. That's, that's a good question right there, bro. And this is crazy. Florida crazy. Florida mother arrested after kidnapping 13-year-old neighbors, 13-year-old neighbor to pleasure her box in the back of a dollar store stocking truck. Wait, 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 what? So the, the neighbor, the neighbor, she kidnapped a 13-year-old little boy? Yes. So he could pleasure oh. her box in the, stock, in the stocking truck of a dollar store. Come on, dog. First of all. I don't even know where to start with that story, man. I'm so tired of hearing these situations where people are preying on kids, but like, how you, 13 year old, he ain't got, what, what the hell? Like, what, what you, what type of, 
just my brain just had a meltdown. I'll get rid of it. I'm trying to make sense of something that's illogical, and that's my fault. That's my fault. I blame myself. I think that's disgusting on every level, dude. Like, come on, that's a kid. 13, you in the sixth, seventh grade. What you really got to offer a grown woman? You know what I mean? Exactly. He's sick, bro. He has no stamina at all. He's a kid. No. Terrible. You know what he's doing? Like, why don't people play on kids? I don't understand it. I literally cannot understand your comprehension. Yes, indeed. And elsewhere in the world, we have an Argentinian president adopts a young man to prevent him from, quote, transforming into a werewolf and attacking women with his large stick. Jesus. That is the most ridiculous thing I've ever heard. <laughs> I mean, we had some real news on the show before. We really have. But that, my friend, easily, easily, that just, that just made the end of the year wrap up. Exactly. In sheer level of ridiculousness, that just made the wrap up. It's stupid on so many levels, I don't even know where to start. My brain is not even allowing me to register what you just said. I don't even understand. <laughs> exactly. Think about me having to read the crap. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> Dude, I don't know how you read that with straight face. I'd have, I'd have broke. I'd have broke. I couldn't I couldn't do it. Hey, doing it six years, so I'm pretty used to it. After five, six years of doing it, I can kind of get through it before I crack. You know? <laughs> exactly. I feel probably with crack, bro. <laughs> Well, we're back to Florida. Florida crazy. Florida man arrested after punching fellow bus rider in the face over a stinky yarn and scratching his balls. So, he punched him because he felt the need to scratch his balls on the bus? Or <laughs> was it over the yarn? Well, it's a couple. The yarn and the fact he scratched his balls on the bus. Okay, so it was two things. All right, understand. All right, so it was two things. No, that's still stupid, but I mean, it, <laughs> yeah, that's still stupid. Like, I can't even really, yeah, still stupid. I'm trying to come up with something. I'm like, okay, maybe you're scratching his balls, trying to touch people, and make, but no, it's still, still stupid. No matter how you slice it, it's still stupid as hell. We got Yuck Daddy. Father arrested after doing weed and alcohol-fueled lingerie playboy party for daughters 18th birthday and also having her friend service his stick. I figured that. I knew that's where you were going. I was about to say, he probably set that up so he could try to knock off some of her little 18-year-old friends. Dude, that's such a terrible move, dog. Like, that's just a, that's a scumbag-ass move. I can't respect that. How are you praying on your daughter's friend? That's 18. I mean, yeah, tell you the 18 is grown, but you're a kid. You know what I mean? Like, wow, here is shit, bro. Like, you probably was scoping their asses since they was like 12 or something. Purge, dude. Like, it's, uh, but I mean, at the same time, he beat the system. He waited until they was 18, right? Yeah, he did. Right, so what can we do? Nothing. Just be something about it. Well, here we go. Naked Florida man arrested after ordering his five dogs to attack Poodle because owner is, quote, a Muslim terrorist and a Pokemon Go player. What the hell? <laughs> <laughs> that's, I mean, that's racist and stupid on so many levels, bro. Like, 
He had a dog attack somebody because he thought they were they, they were moving chairs and they Pokemon go there. Yes. I don't know how that's related in any way, shape, or form, but I guess it is. So what the hell can you do? Yeah, exactly. I am at a loss with that one, bro. You, oh my god, what kind of dog was it? Out of curiosity. Oh, he had some pit bulls attack a poodle. A pit bull attack a poodle. <laughs> yeah. Wow. God bless America. <laughs> exactly. Here we go. Don't get gassed. New York high school students are arrested for attacking student wood in the head with stool for farting too much near classmate at the lockers. Well, I don't agree with that level of physical violence. I 100% absolutely probably do not agree with that at all. That's ridiculous. But they attacked him for farting? Yes, like, at the lockers. That's, he outside in the locker room, that's stupid. Like, if I'm in my locker and I let one go, move. <laughs> you know what I mean? My damn locker. Deal with it, huh? I want to fart in my locker. Look at me. If I want to fart in my locker, it's my damn locker. See, this, ladies and gentlemen, here's my thing. I have no respect for a bully. I have no respect, no tolerance for a bully. I'm going to tell America how to deal with bullies. So if you're listening, please pay attention. You grab a book or a heavy object and you knock their ass clean out. If somebody tries you and they try to bully you and they might be bigger than you. All right, cool. Don't sit there and take it. Forget all that. Oh, turn it on the cheek. Oh, you better be the booty and it with compassion. No, beat his ass. Beat his or her ass. Period. That's how you deal with a bully. That's my take on it, dog. Don't let nobody punk you around. Don't ever do that. I'm standing on my lock and I let one go. Too bad. If you got something to say, swear up. Even if I take that L, swear up. Let's go. Deal with it. My land locker. Hell, if I had to, I'd let one go right now. <laughs> yes, indeedy. And we got Panda Panda. Man in Panda suit is arrested after causing the evacuation at TV station after making a bomb made of candy bars, condoms, watermelons, <laughs> and pears. <laughs> As soon as you said Pentecost, my nigga was about to get weird as hell. I'm not disappointed, dog. He really did. I wonder how a bomb made of candies and condoms. That's all I can help with party. Exactly. Exactly. Well, here we go. Memphis sisters arrested at IHOP tearing up establishment doing brawl that was caught on camera over the size of their ex's junk. So, they had the same ex, or were they comparing? Same ex. Hmm. So, (laughs) 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 they are going to try to make sense of it again. So, they they still with the same dude, and they were comparing the size of his family. Yeah, and it it went south on them, obviously. Were they aware that they were sitting with the same dude? They were. Well, I don't understand how this was an argument and not just a fact. Like, <laughs> they disagreed over the quote, size, and texture of the junk. Okay. Whatever the hell that means. Yeah, I'm confused about all that. I mean, like, they both seen it, then it's kind of like, oh, okay, there it is. Like, like, what does that even mean? You know what I'm saying? 
I don't know. And it also it's like says people with the same chicken arguing over the color of her tits. It's like, yo, I mean, they were brown. Uh, okay. <laughs> those, they were caramel. <laughs> they, were, they were peanut butter. Like, no, they was brown. But exactly. it, it says, it, it's just also, it's just quote, they were also just over the allotment of his folly <laughs> fluid. What is that? That's a terrible quote. <laughs> the allotment yeah, of his folly fluid. That's an important argument to have in an IHOP. That's what you're talking about in a family breakfast restaurant is penises and allotment of fluid shots. That's, that's great breakfast conversation over pancakes and omelets. That's, that's exactly what we want to do. Year in review story. Year in review right there. I would have to agree. <laughs> that is terrible. Definitely have to agree. That just made the year review. <laughs> really? Woo we? Georgia man arrested after attacking officer with a brick for telling him to turn on his music and quote, and he can step his female game up with better music. Was he shot subsequently? <laughs> no. Officer was down with a concussion and bleeding. Uh-huh. I don't want to play this card, but it's the only card in the deck. I kind of got to play it. I'm assuming that the man was not of ethnic origin. Oh, he was. Oh, he was? Oh, that's new. I was going to be honest with you. I thought he was going to be a white guy. I was going to say, you know what? Hell, black guy put his hands on the top and not catch 17 to the check. No. Okay, correct. <laughs> My man got away with it, obviously. Well, hey, that's one for the record books. <laughs> oh, he, he, now he has a charge for assault the officer, but he, he's still breathing. Oh, yeah, he's definitely going to lose some time. <laughs> if he get the trial, because he's going to lose custody, I don't know. He might be some getting acting for him. Just be real. Exactly. Ooh, we will. Georgia woman arrested after a string of cigarette card and heist via her motorized scooter. I'm sorry, did you say on a motorized scooter? I did, I did. Like the ones you find at a Walmart? Yes, indeed. Okay. And she actually managed to somewhat get away. Yes, she It must have been the sorriest police and or security <laughs> officer in the history of existence, bro. Those things literally go a mile an hour. You could walk faster than that. You could crawl faster than those things move, but she got away. She sure did. There's no way in hell that those people still have a job after that. <laughs> like, I would have fired them immediately. Exactly. Oregon mother and daughter psychics arrested after managing to con lonely tree farm heir out of a million saying, quote, that they can help him achieve the right money via the blessings of up the sky. Did they channel Miss Cleo? Probably did. The blessings of the sky. What a terrible quote. <laughs> It's absolutely stupid. The blessings of the sky. 
I got nothing, dog. I literally, I got, I got absolutely positive. I don't understand. It's a terrible take, bro. It's a terrible take. To say the least. To say the least, it is. I mean, it is like, a horrendous take. Like, blessings of the sky. <laughs> what? That sound like Miss Cleo Special Edition right there, boy. I'll tell you. Call me now for your free reading and your blessings of the sky. That line alone is terrible. Quote the blessings of the sky. <laughs> that quote is terrible. <laughs> Jesus. No, that's an understatement, bro. That is an understatement. Call me now for your free reading. And the final story is this. Georgia babysitter arrests after using kids she was watching to rob bank while she was getting her some, uh, getting, getting some, uh, getting, getting some, you know, the song. <laughs> um, so, during the bank robbery, she <laughs> Yes. <laughs> yeah, yes. <laughs> I'm a little confused. I mean, I wanted to assume that during the bank robbery, <laughs> preoccupied with robbing a bank. You know, I mean, I've never robbed a bank before. Um, but I, just from what I've seen on television and in movies, you, you kind of focused on getting in and getting out. Uh, what did she just see a fetish? Just go get it. Well, sir, you got crazy mom. And just go for it? That's me. I don't know. I'm confused. I'm confused. And, and the kids, uh, like, she left the kids who were babysitting the car? Yes. Well, at least she didn't take them to bank with her. Hell, why? Well, no, the kids <laughs> went and did a robbery while she was getting it, getting, getting up. Damn, what type of baby sad ass kids was she watching? <laughs> they were doing a robbery while she was, she was getting the kids in the backseat of the car. Damn. Yeah. That's a hell of a way to spend an afternoon with the babysitter. Yeah, they was in an uh, old white Escalade, brother. Wow. Wow. A white Escalade. Wow. Um, that is... That is... <laughs> that is something. <laughs> that is something. Exactly. Well, bro, what is your take on today's report, man? First things first, people got to stop abusing kids, dog. Like, I really have a legitimate problem with people and how they abuse and just go after the kids, man. Like, I don't, I'm, I'm, I'm at an absolute loss behind it, and I just don't understand it, and I don't get it. Oh, Lord. Uh, second, second, how do you rob a bank and get some at the same time? Like, I'm kind of, I'm kind of lost with that one. I don't know. Uh, kind of, like they're still a little shocked about that one. That one, that one, that one was rough. Oh man. Um, and those definitely that that was definitely the interview. I mean, the devil is very interesting there off the board. Like it took me, it took me some places. It really, it really did. A couple of stories that we talked about. Oh, we must go over this. I mean, this is ridiculous. Exactly. And can't forget, quote, blessings of the sky. <laughs> yeah, that definitely made the air for you. Call me now for your free reading. And I know that's what that reminds me of. It reminds me of Miss Cleo. And people arguing, women arguing over, quote, 
size and texture and quote a lot of bodily fluids and <laughs> yep yeah I would I would have to say that that definitely uh yeah man all you over the penises at Walmart oh you know I hope that's uh that's just that's just not okay that's just not okay yes what is okay is what's going on family grinding and teaser speech What's going on with Family Ground, bro? Oh, man, so excited. to As everybody should know, if you don't know, Dollar Sign P, ST, is coming soon. You know what I mean? Definitely announced that. Really excited about that. Excited to push that, man. Finally got Dollar Sign together, putting this project out soon, so people be on the lookout for that. Uh, Ace Boogie still got the project. Nice to meet you. Out is banging. Hit up familygrind.com, uh, iTunes, Amazon, anywhere you can find music, illstreetonline.com. We got you. Nice to meet you. EP is free. Also, hit up youtube.com slash MGETV to check out all of the visuals. We got the dollar sign PTs are up there. Uh, we got Ace Boogie's videos up there. Me and Fresh got our joints popping. And people, I can't tell you, I really can't, I really can't because it's, it's, it's cooking up, it's cooking. Uh, but you want to hit up familygrind.com and subscribe because we've got a lot of shows coming up. I want to say thank you to Salt Lake City once again. They showed a lot of love last week. It was super dope. Everybody showed up, showed out. It was beautiful. Uh, October 5th, we will be at the Subterranean Lounge in Chicago. So if you're in Chicago, October 5th, I'm hollering at your boy. After that, if you're in Detroit, we'll be at the Blue Collar Gentleman uh, show in Old Miami, downtown Detroit. So you definitely want to hit up familygrind.com and come get plugged in all those details first. No doubt. Well, folks, it's been Boss Report, Boss Man Show. And if you don't know, now you know, Travis Williams, President and CEO of Academics and Athletic Consultant, focused on educating and empowering tomorrow's collegiate athletic leaders. My passion is for the education and genuine concern and care for today's student athlete. It's the centerpiece of my life's work. A college education, both in and out of the classroom, is a truly rewarding benefit. For more information on AAC, you can go to www.academicsandathletics.com consulting.com once again www.academicsandathleticsconsulting.com or you can follow me on Facebook at Academics and Athletic Consulting or Twitter at Coach TWheel24 or Instagram Travis L. Williams24 or you can call me at 404-542-607 once again, AAC is very proud to partner with J.R. McHenry of the Bossman Radio Show, covering sports and entertainment across the country. Please tune in weekly for informative, entertaining, and expert analysis on today's sports and entertainment topics. Thank you.
hip-hop fans, I got a great album for you. The debut album from Family Grinding NC, True Speech, and 313 Fresh. We're going to give you two discs, 33 songs of pure, genuine hip-hop. Albums available on iTunes, Amazon, Google Play, illstreetrex.com, and streaming live right now on Rhapsody, Beats Music, Spotify, Xbox Music, Slacker Radio, and SoundCloud. Check them out today. True Speech and 313 Fresh. Family Grind ENT. Believe in it. Get it.